This is the Shift Podcast. On the Shift Daily Podcast, so much conversation. Many, many phone calls, Alberta MLAs traveling around the world, but not only that, MPs from across Canada too. Political scientist Dwayne Brett, he joins us here to chat about that. Plus, your shift head calls, opinions, and thoughts about politicians traveling. Is it a breach of trust? We had some Are You Okay with Celine Dion and inflatable costumes. Just to be clear, Celine Dion and inflatable costumes, two separate topics, in case you were wondering. The Shift Daily Podcast. You can get it anywhere you'd like to, like Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. I was going to say Shopify. I'm sure you can get it there too. Get it where you want. Like it, share it, please pass it on with your friends. Dwayne Bratt joins me now. And I don't think we need to introduce um, uh, a whole lot here. Dwayne is a political scientist. He's with Mount Royal University in Calgary. And he's right in the backyard of all things that have been going on in Alberta, a little bit Ontario, a lot of Alberta in regards to politicians traveling at Christmas. Put it this way, when other politicians start posting on their Facebook pages, hey, by the way, constituents, I didn't go anywhere this holiday. Um, that's pretty telling when people are being defensive before they're asked. Uh, Happy New Year, yeah. Dwayne. <laughs> Happy New Year, Shane. And this started to build between Christmas and New Year's. So Andrew Leach, who's a colleague of mine at the University of Alberta in Edmonton, posted a newspaper challenge, you know, for MLAs to prove that they were in the province. Uh, he said, go to a famous, you know, he's in Edmonton, a famous Edmonton landmark with today's paper and do it up. So I, I had some fun with that. And I did it in my home office. And I put up the Calgary Herald with the daily it kind of looked like a hostage picture. That was before we actually had any proof. So there had already been rumors and speculation. Then stuff started to break New Year's Eve. So I'm sitting there having our New Year's Eve feast with my wife and our two dogs and watching television. And uh, and I'm seeing some of this and bantering along. And then New Year's Day is when everything broke out. Mm -hmm. That's when Jason Kenney had the press conference and uh, basically took a difficult situation and made it worse. Now, for the spirit, in the spirit of conversation, because typically you and I kind of land in the same place of of uh, viewing this from the outside. Um, you have technical terms. I just, I just see it. So, when all of these people traveled, the first thing that anybody will say was, "Well, they didn't break any laws. They." in fact, um, followed the rules by the rules of the law, which technically would be true as far as we understand them. Yeah, and that was some of the arguments I was getting in with people on New Year's Eve, is they said, well, what laws were broken? I said, it's not about laws. It's about the restrictions that were put in place. And it clearly states um, advisory of non-essential travel um, internationally. And they go, well, you know, it's advice. Well, and that's because it's, it's dicey. Um, you know, what if your job requires you uh, to, to go to Houston, for example? So it's not a ban. Uh, but I think going on a family holiday, that really isn't essential. And there's a higher bar here. It, just because something's not against the law doesn't mean it's, it's wrong. Uh, and especially, and this is the key point, these are the people who made the policies. 
And so if you've made the policies and then you violate it, that is that is very problematic. Mm-hmm. That is that is really bad. Um, and if you're someone like myself who supported the social restrictions because we're fighting a pandemic here, you get mad for those that don't. And and more so, if you oppose the restrictions, you're even madder because these are the people who created them and then they they violated them. And we have seen people pay the price. Ontario's finance minister, Rod Phillips, he's no longer the finance minister. Doug Ford canned him, right? Um, we have seen Nikki Ashton. And I've got a bit more sympathy for Nikki Ashton. She's an NDP MP. Uh, from Manitoba. She went to Greece for a family funeral. I have sympathy for that, but lots of people haven't been able to go to funerals. And she got demoted. She, her critic's job was was removed. Then you look at Alberta and you saw the same behavior by a lot more people and nobody has paid a price because Jason Kenney said it was unclear. He said the rules were unclear. Yeah. Well, and everybody in Alberta has always said or the critics of Alberta have said, you know, these guys aren't taking it seriously. The Kenny government's not taking it seriously. And everybody in the government was like, no, 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 we're taking it seriously. But then again, there's more evidence that it's not being taken seriously. And this goes back further too. It goes back to, I think it was Easter with the prime minister. And I forget um, which um, politician. Doug Doug Ford went to his cottage after telling people, May long weekend, don't go to your cottage. Right. And um, the Thunder Bay, um, the health minister, Without wearing a mask in airports. Yeah. yeah. Patty, hey, do. So, okay, th- this does create, in my word study, Dwayne Bratt, this this brings up those three words. It brings up morals, which is when someone tells us what is right and wrong. And then there is yeah. uh, integrity, which is what is sort of our expression of what we believe uh, in our belief system. And then there's ethics. And ethics is an agreement between people. We, we agree what is right and wrong. We agree. That's what it is. That's what ethics are. Is yeah. a generally widely accepted agreement of what is right and what is wrong. So even though they didn't break any laws, it's the ethics are so far out there. This has to be impactful on the um, Alberta's United Conservative Party. Oh, a- absolutely. And you're seeing that. What Jason Kenney has done here um, by defending the actions, and we can get into why he is defending this, um, has led to outrage from the left, which is expected, from the center, which, okay, that happens, but more particularly from the right, from his own people. When Dave Rutherford comes out and condemns Jason Kenney's behavior, Mm. when the Canadian Taxpayers Federation comes out, defends his behavior. Uh, Rick Bell of the Calgary Sun, who is seen as a pro-Kenny sympathizer, asked the opening question at the uh, press conference, and if he thought he got a softball, he didn't. He got a fastball right between the eyes. Mm. And so you're also seeing UCP MLAs, uh, Michelle Glasgow in Medicine Hat. Uh, There was one in Calgary coming out condemning their colleagues. So he's he's in trouble here when you've got the full spectrum. I've got, I'm a close political watcher, right? So I follow all this, but I got friends, I got family who may vote, but that's about it. That's about the only time they pay the politics, but they're aware of this. Mm-hmm. 
and they're not happy because they themselves made a personal sacrifice. They didn't go visit grandma. They didn't go visit their brother, right? It was a very diminished Christmas for, for many people. And then to see people uh, traveling, and that's not even including people who have lost their jobs because of the pandemic, who can't afford to go on a fancy holiday. Right. Or to go to their vacation home. 17 years in a row, because it's a family tradition. Yeah, it's a family tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, well, you said why. So, I mean, why Why would Jason Kenney, what would be the benefit of him defending this? I think there's a couple theories. Theory one is one of Jason Kenney's positive leadership skills is his loyalty to his people. If you're loyal to Jason Kenney, he is loyal back. There are other people where loyalty is a one-way street, right? But with Kenny, it's a two-way street. And I think that endears him to his people, that he will protect you. You know, maybe privately he reams you out, but publicly he'll, he'll defend you. In most circumstances, that's a great positive trait to have, not in this particular circumstance. So that's theory one. Theory two is that there were too many of them. So if you fire Tracy Allard, you know, the, the, the minister who went to Hawaii, what do you do with Jamie Huckabee, your chief of staff? What do you do with the press secretaries? What do you do with, well, we're now at uh, two, four, six MLAs and, and counting. So it's possible that there's just too many of them to take an action. And then the third is, and this may relate to why there are so many, was there an implicit agreement that Premier Kenny gave to his people that said, yeah, go, go away. It was a, it was a tough uh, fall. You worked really hard. We did a lot in the legislature. Go away. Uh, if that one, though, is the case, then we really have a problem. Because how do you tell 63 people, 80 people, you worked really hard, you deserve a holiday, and then go on TV and say, people take personal responsibility, you know, don't uh, have gatherings in your home, don't travel to visit people. That could be worse for him. But that's that's my third theory, is that something must have occurred within caucus. Uh, Dwayne Bratt, political scientist at MRU. So you, did you see the banner, the Aloha Allard, Allard banner, the Welcome Home banner? Yes, yes. That's got to be heart-wrenching. Um, but there's a couple things here that I, that I get me. First of all, um, there was the campaign post uh, it was a little over a year ago. Well, not even a campaign post. It, um, I guess it was a campaign post. It was Jason Kenney and um, about firing the MLAs. I think he called it a recall act. Re re recall legislation. That's what it yeah. was. Yeah. And he, like he said, the constituents want to be able to have uh, accountability with their MLAs, which, by the way, um, I found it and it's been deleted off the site. Now, ironically, it's uh, the 404 error, the page not available error on unitedconservative.ca says 404. Oh, no, that link is as broken as the NDP's carbon tax, which is ironic at this point. Yeah. So this was a campaign promise. Um, it was uh, in their platform. Uh, I actually, you know, use that uh, to talk about, you know, the history of recall and why people like recall and direct democracy in my classroom. Right. This was a teaching point. I appeared before the legislative committee in the fall discussing recall. I personally don't support recall. But what I said was, if you're going to do it, here are some ways that you you can go about doing it. All of a sudden now, no one's talking about recall. 
you know, the, the UCP, has, as you've said, has deleted the page. This in itself is interesting because Alberta used to have recall legislation back in the 1930s. When the Social Credit Party won in the 1930s, that was one of their pledges. And William Averhart, who was premier at the time, said, we're going to bring in recall. They passed recall legislation. And the very first person they tried to recall was William Averhart. <laughs> and while they were gathering petitions, they changed the law. And we haven't had recall since. And so um, it is an interesting thing because you're being hoisted on your own principles. Okay. Here's my understanding in my normal person speak of your political science education and experience of what has happened in Alberta. For everyone who's not in Alberta is that the Conservative Party has run things for so long. The old boys club became even impossible to... The stench was so ripe for most Albertans that even conservatives got to the point where that's enough. Still conservative voters voted NDP because it was time and tried, I think, tried to teach a lesson. NDP comes in, they do their thing for four years, then they're on their way out again. I know anecdotally, just stories from friends, more conservative voters in Alberta who are again voting Considering voting NDP because they didn't learn their lesson because they're back with the old boys club again and that the the conservative party is back. And as long as, and this is, I like from, I have some, you know, friends and family friends and friends of my parents and all these people in their seventies, conservative Alberta voters that have very clear, very clearly said to me, I will not vote for the UCP until Kenny's gone at this point because he's not the guy. And those are just stories. Yeah. But that to me seems to be the, the consistent thread through all of this. They got too complacent. They lost. They didn't learn their lesson. And here we are. I would agree with what you have said, but I will put it in some political science language here. Yes, please do. <laughs> so in the 44-year dynasty of the PCs, they believed that the problem um, was never the opposition. They, it, it was within the, the family. So Ralph Klein gets pushed out by his own people. Like at the end of his, uh, there's a, um, um, a vote of support at the convention, which they normally have. And normally Ralph would get, you know, 95% support. He got 55%, right? This was a signal, Ralph, you were great. You had a great run. It's time for you to go. And Stelmack comes in. And Stelmach starts to get into trouble. There's a revolt by caucus and, and cabinet. And Stelmach leaves. They bring in a new leader. And they continue to stay in power. You know, they think, you know, we'll just get rid of the unpopular leader. Nobody's going to vote NDP, blah, blah, blah. Stelmach, so then Redford comes in. Redford gets into some very serious personal scandals in 2014. She gets thrown overboard by constituency associations, caucus, and especially donors. And they bring Jim Prentice. And it almost worked again. But finally, Albertan said, you know, enough is enough is enough. You need a timeout. And yes, I had people living in, let's say, Medicine Hat saying, I can't decide to vote for the Wild Rose or the NDP. But I need somebody to, to toss out the PCs. The difference now is there is an opposition party. Because the NDP didn't go away like we used to see. Uh, Rachel Notley, a former premier, is still sitting there. She's got 10 former cabinet ministers, 24 NDP MLAs. None of them went away over the holidays. 
And um, so watch carefully over the next couple of days what the role of caucuses, what the role of donors is going to be. That's going to be the challenge that, that Jason Kenney has is, is not so much the NDP, although they're a threat. It's, it's within his own camp. It's remarkable perspective. And for those who are outside Alberta listening, Alberta, like you get these sort of battles, you get conservative versus liberals in Ontario, and you get NDP versus liberals in BC. In Alberta, the liberals virtually don't exist. And you sort of get NDP versus conservatives um, here, sort of the same as Saskatchewan. So um, it is different. With the one thing, just to touch on, the likelihood of a federal election in the next 90 days seems to be pretty strong. Um, yeah. This must make Aaron O'Toole face palm a little bit and go, come on, man, this is not good for the rep. Oh, exactly. Because not only, so you've got the situation in Alberta, which we have beaten to death. You also have Rob Phillips in Ontario, the finance minister, right? The second most powerful member of cabinet who not only went to St. Bart's, one of the fanciest Caribbean islands you'll ever see, but deliberately deceived it with all these posts, pretending he was still in Ajax. Then you look at Saskatchewan, and there was also a cabinet minister, a conservative cabinet minister who didn't go away. So O'Toole's looking and goes, I've got these three provinces that are run by conservatives. All of them have some problems over these holidays. And imagine... We have this federal election in Alberta, and it becomes not so much a statement on Aaron O'Toole, but a statement on Jason Kenney, who is a big supporter of Aaron O'Toole. I would argue Aaron O'Toole would not be leader of the Conservative Party without the support of Jason Kenney. Let's say the Liberals win a seat or two again in Alberta. Yeah, there's 34 seats in Alberta, but to win a seat or two, what does that say? Right. And so you get these proxies. You may think you're voting about X. Voters may think we're voting about Y. And so I think you're right about I think you're right about Aaron O'Toole. Yeah. He can't be happy right now. No, the online conversation is absolutely leading the way. There's no denying that. And I'm never one to say that the, the conversation on Twitter actually has an impact on people. All it does is really turn into this troll stuff. But I'm quite amazed at how incredibly on point an awful lot of it has been of course there's all these peripheral complaining things that happen on twitter for all the politicians and all the parties but um it, it's it's a driving force of awareness like i haven't seen in a long time i'll just give you a little little anecdote so i did a interview for global calgary yesterday and uh there are times after I do an interview, I get emails from people. And you actually have to go and look me up on the internet and find my email and then write up the email. And when that happens, it's people that are usually mad at me. <laughs> right? yeah. gonna, but I received close to a dozen emails after that interview, wow. which is a record. All of them saying, I can't believe the UCP did this. What can I do? How can we change governments? Right. So the, this isn't Twitter. This is this is television. Yeah. Um, but I, I found that quite striking. The unanimity. The same thing with Twitter. Yeah, there's a lot of trolls and there's a lot of partisanship. But there's an, on this issue a lot of unanimity. Mm. There is, and I um, and I, the one post that comes to my mind is I saw this, and I and the person flat out said on on the tweet said, um. I just can't vote conservative anymore until this guy's gone. I can't do it. And there was another person I saw a tweet, and these are only tweets. These are statements from people, flippant sometimes at times. 
Um, in fact, in uh, baiting at times. But this person literally said, I would like to apologize because I voted for that guy. And that's heartbreaking. And, anyway. and the irony of this is Kenny didn't go away, right? What he is doing is defending those that did. So that's, I think, the, the challenge. But you also have to remember that while people voted for him and maybe people respect him and acknowledge you know, his, his political skills, he's never been liked, right? And Ralph Klein was liked. You know, Ralph Klein could pivot. Ralph Klein could apologize and change course on a dime. I, Kenny, it's tough for him to do that. Yeah. And, and I think he's boxed himself in. And I also feel really bad for Dr. Hinshaw. She is going to have to have a press conference this week. Not a statement, but she's actually going to have to go in front of the cameras. And the first question is going to be, what do you think about this yeah how is she going to respond yeah how do you respond in that um it's remarkable conversation i'm have a sneaking submission doing this isn't the first time or or last time we're going to chat this week um so i thank you for your time i really appreciate it we're not quite back to work yet it's only a few more hours but we (laughs) we didn't make it (laughs) well i've referred to this as we're still in 2020 this is like the encore of 2020 uh because i don't want to think that this is how 2021 is going to be yeah uh, the Encore of 2020, Dwayne Bratt, political scientist with MRU. Thank you, sir. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Shane. This is the Shift Podcast. Aloha. With um, Mrs. Allard returning back to Grand Prairie after her trip, um, some of her constituents built a sign. And uh, it was a sign that says, Aloha, Allard, and and welcome back. And, and it's got lays on it, and it's very Hawaiian. Thought it was a very creative way to punctuate their discontent with um, some of the travel. There's uh, there seems to be more and more that are that are that are sort of coming through the woodwork. In fact, not only is um, not only is it not only is it the people who have traveled, but is inspired people who have not traveled to release what their plans were. Right to say we spent time with our um, we spent time with our family members. Or we canceled our plans with our family members. Here's what we did. We stayed home. I stayed home with my wife and my kids or whatever. That's amazing to me because it's people who aren't even under the microscope are even setting themselves apart in this. 877-399-9898. Hey, Shane, please stop yelling at me. You're a listener. Am I yelling? (laughs) Am I yelling at anybody today? I I, I didn't think so. Yeah. All right. Didn't think I was yelling. It didn't feel like I was yelling. I didn't. I didn't hear a yell and I like I write down word for word pretty much what happens and I haven't had to type in all caps yet. All so caps I think yet? we're clear on the I have done that before, but uh, I think we're clear right now. Yeah. Unless you're like really excited about something. I might have been excited. I do get excited. 877-399-9898. All the politicians who traveled should either resign or be fired, says Dwayne. Um I would like to add to that though Dwayne I mean, at, at, through the Christmas break, because everything changed in December. I mean, tri- politicians who did things that were life things in the summertime. I mean, all kinds of people did life things in the summertime. You know, I think that that's crazy to think that that it should be like retroactive or whatever. Um, see, the thing for me, though, is that my, my question, I think, that gets missed in this is if there's a politician who helped their daughter move to Ireland 
and then came back and quarantined. The part the constituents should be asking is, did you take 14 sick days while you stayed at home or did you work from home in isolation in full on quarantine by yourself and keep working from home? Were you able to work from home for that? Because if people are getting two weeks of free vacation out of this or free sick time, and that's not being documented and accounted for, that's another, you know, that's, that's sort of theft of company time. And in this case, it's the company of Canada and that's your tax dollars. I mean, those are questions I think that should be asked as well. 877-399-9898 in Calgary. It's Clark. Hey, Clark. Hey, thank you. Love your program. Uh, Thanks, you know, Mike. I think that it's, it's, it's just generally speaking that, uh, that we hope to hold our politicians and other public officials to a higher standard. My gosh, really? Yeah. Like, really? I, I mean, I, I'm in my socks and my temperature is at 68 degrees. And meanwhile, they're at, you know, enjoying themselves in tropical settings. And, and, and my income has dropped precipitously by the month. And theirs hasn't while they travel and enjoy themselves. Nice for them. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, it's no problem. I mean, everything changed in December. I mean, it doesn't, does it bother you if anybody did their family business, went and checked in on their house somewhere else in the summertime versus Christmas? Is it different between summer and Christmas? I, I couldn't go to Edmonton to see my Down syndrome brother in a group home, hmm. right? I mean, how bad is that? I mean, and meanwhile, our politicians can go and uh, dip their toes in the sand, right? Well, I think really. that's a good point. I think it's a good point. Well, Clark, thank you for the phone call. Very well. Happy thank New you. Happy New Year to you, sir. Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Um, you know, and more, more, um, more MPs coming forward, not just the Alberta MLAs. In fact, it's not a conservative thing across the country. There are liberals all over the place as well. I think there's four or five. Uh, liberal MPs that have now um, come forward. Plus there's the conservative um, MLAs inside Alberta. It's, oh geez, I got music playing here. Hang on one second. I actually turned on Snoop Dogg. My apologies. I don't know if you can hear that in the background. 877-399-9898. Traveling abroad? Question mark. I travel with my wife, not abroad. Sharpen up on your English, James in Vancouver. Um, thank you. Um, I will accept that joke on humor. I don't know if broad is one of those things. Although I, I will tell you a story about the word broad. I made a joke on the radio once that I got in trouble for. And I was, uh, it was a concert. And I was like, you know, grab your broad, go to the concert. Here's free tickets. And my boss came and he said, you know, it's disrespectful to women. And then I got transferred inside that company like a couple weeks later. And I went to the new market. I was, that was actually, I went from Calgary to St. Catharines, Ontario. And I got to St. Catharines, Ontario. And the very first thing I heard on the new radio station was, uh, there was a broadcaster. Her name was Christy Knight, and I believe she still broadcasts. And she, Christy, is one of the best rocker um, broadcasters of all time. And the idea was uh, Christy Knight putting the broadcast in, back into broadcasting. And I was like, "Whoa, things are different, <laughs> no matter where you go." Um, mm. Yeah, just one of those words, I guess, that sits funny with people. Uh, hey, thanks for playing, Jerry. Brings back lots of fond, youthful memories. Uh, being young in the '60s was great. 877-399-9898. Our conversation is about whatever's on your mind. There's some happy new years floating around here too. We got to, we got to honor those as well. Plus uh, conversations about vacationing politicians, which by the way, we need to correct. Cause I said it was a Manitoba MLA and uh, you found out Ryan confirmed it was Saskatchewan. That's right. Yeah. It's Saskatchewan. Yeah. Okay. Thank nothing you. to Manitoba yet. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing from Manitoba as far as we've seen. Let's go to Winnipeg and say hi to Ken. Hey Ken. Hello there. Uh, yes, my comment is this. We elected these politicians to serve and uh, represent us. 
Now, the thing is, they should be doing the best that they can do to to help us out, not to be breaking the laws and, and leaving uh, the province and going on, on their journeys elsewhere, because uh, we're trying to have an example of, of why we have uh, this uh, virus going on. We're trying to control it. They are the ones breaking the laws. We should have them uh, kicked out, like uh, technically... If it was any other uh, state, they would uh, they would be removed from their yep. positions. Well, thank you very much, Ken, for the phone call. I appreciate you sharing your thoughts. 877-399-9898. I did need to clarify from Ken's statement that as far as we know, there have been no laws broken. Uh, Ken, did you did say breaking the laws. I mean, it's an ethics conversation for sure, but broken laws, as far as we know, uh, not at this point. Um, but if there is, boy, oh, boy, those will come out too. Um Marilee in Calgary, love your show. Happy to have you back after the holidays. Thanks, Marilee. Appreciate that. Uh, Spaghetti Don says, it's almost like do it now and suffer the consequences later. Cheers. It does seem a little bit like a um, ask for forgiveness, not permission conversation, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Um, it does. Which, again, ethics. Yeah. But isn't it interesting that we're all, that the first thought in so many people's minds are you broke the law. When they didn't, but they shouldn't didn't. that tell you something? Is well, it tells that us that we also so wrong yeah. that it, f- it feels like this should have been a law. Well, I think that that speaks to the trust, Ryan. I think that we the, the the laws are one thing, and the expectations and requests are another, right? The but to your point, I think that's where the trust gets lost, right? I think the laws, the trust has been lost because regardless if pe- people are listening or not listening to what the laws are and what the the shoulds and the the musts are. Um, because there is in some ways some um, blurred lines between how people understand what's going on. It does go to show that we as constituents need to, we need to do our research and learn more about this and pay closer attention. Like you can not escape this right now, but you got to, we got to play closer attention, but the rules have been changing so quickly. So it does go speak to the communication of things being clear or not clear, but for a politician to not know those rules, that's ridiculous. I mean, that's absurd. Um, that makes no sense at all. And to your point though, is if people have been hearing that regardless of it's a law or an expectation, that trust has been broken. Right. And I think that's the point that you make is that trust has been broken in a big way. And not only was it broken in Alberta, it was broken. And then the premier went up and said, meh, that sucks. But what do you do? I'm paraphrasing. Clearly he didn't say that. Um, let's go to new Westminster. Say hey to Nancy. Hey, Shane. Happy New Year. Welcome back. Missed you. (laughs) Happy New Um, Year. Thank you. I'm being completely selfish here, okay? Okay. Two things. Uh, My husband and I own Timeshare in Las Vegas. We were supposed to be there this week Mm. between Boxing Day and New Year's Eve. We turned down our Timeshare because the border is closed and we didn't want to be flying. Yet the politicians seem to have no qualms about going off to the warm sunshine and getting away from all this rain. Right. Point number two, real quick. Our daughter, son-in-law, and grandson moved to Kelowna six years ago. This was supposed to be the first time in six years that we were going to spend Christmas together. Yeah. But because of the job she does, she's a frontline customer service manager, and was told that if she flew, she would have to isolate when she got home. She can't do her job from home. So I was deprived of Christmas with my grandson. Gee, thanks, guys. You know, you're off having fun with your family and your friends on the beach while I'm sitting at home in the rain mourning the fact that I didn't get to see my eldest daughter or my grandson. 
Nancy, it's very clear. Thank you. Appreciate the phone call. Um, you know, I think that Nancy speaks volumes for so many of us, the sacrifices that people are making. I mean, one of the things that I went through, through the course of the break was the fact that I was here and my kids are here. I mean, my daughter's here most of the time. My son's here half the time. And, um, I mean, there was a lot of low days at Christmas time with nobody around and my plans, uh, what I was supposed to do over Christmas, you know, we held off on those because of everything going on. And so, you know, there was times where I was, it was, it was, it was shitty. <laughs> it was what it was. And, um, and I don't like to use that language, but you know, the reality is that's what it was. That's just my heart speaking to you. And so I'm not alone in that. And I know you aren't either. This is the shift podcast. Are you okay? Ooh. Ooh. I haven't done an are you okay in so long. It feels good. Did you miss the music? I did. Are you okay with Celine Dion? <laughs> Celine Dion. Celine Dion. Celine Dion. Okay Celine, Celine Dion. Are you okay? You okay with her? I'm sure she's a real nice, uh, nice lady. Uh, I've never met her. Um, I'm not the, I wouldn't say I'm the world's biggest appreciator of her music, but you know, that, that girl, she can sure sing. She's got a bright Boy, future ahead of her. She does. If someone would just give her a chance, right? Like, will somebody discover that lady already? Come, come on. Just a bright future. Are you mm -hmm. okay with Celine Dion? Ryan, you a fan? Not a fan? Oh, of course I'm a fan. And also, like, my grandma loves Celine Dion. So growing up, I knew Celine Dion was great because of how much my grandma loves Celine Dion. Does that make sense? Like your parents idolize someone so much that you just in turn think, oh yeah, I'm okay with them. Also, one of the first plays I ever did, our warm up was My Heart Will Go On. So every time I hear that song, I don't think about the Titanic. I think about me like stretching my arms and doing, you know, scales in my voice. <laughs> so it's kind of a wholesome memory. So you know what? Yes, Celine, I am very okay with. The difference between you and I, my friend, is the impact from your parents and grandparents is Celine Dion. And for me, from my parents, it's Starship. So <laughs> there, that's the difference in our world. Awesome. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. Oh, man. Why does um, it have to be like Sunday tonight? Why not play some Starship? Right. Well, you yeah. can just do Jefferson Starship, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, all right. So are you okay with Celine Dion? One UK super fan most certainly is. His legal name, his legal name is now Celine Dion. The 30-year-old man, formerly known as Thomas Dodd, I almost think that Celine's probably a nicer name. No offense if you're a Thomas or a Dodd. Um, or if you're Thomas Dodd, sorry. Uh, he was a huge fan of the singer and claimed to have the idea to change his name while watching a virtual concert. He apparently got a little too deep into the ball and went through the whole legal process of changing his name. He says the name change will <laughs> go on. Uh, <laughs> We imagine Celine would appreciate the gesture uh, as she can make and take a joke. Here's a clip. She's got a great sense of humor, though, um, from when Celine Dion was doing singer impressions with Jimmy Kimmel. Here we go. Here we go. Artist, Cher. You can do Cher. Frere, Frere Jacques. Frere Jacques. Frere Jacques. I don't want to hear your ding dang dong. I don't want to hear your ding dang dong. Ra 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 
Children. You children. are telling me to imitate people. There are children watching Rihanna. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh, I am totally okay with Celine Dion. Now, right? right? That just completely changed your world, right? Yeah. Well, if you, uh, I, I'm going to send, I sent this link to, to you there, Ryan. If you, uh, mm-hmm. uh, or Maddie, if you, if you ever wanted to hear an impression of Celine Dion, that's mind blowing. Ariana Grande does unbelievable impressions of Celine Dion. <laughs> like it is mind blowingly good. So, um, I didn't know what this are you okay was uh, until now. So if we get a chance, let's see if we can squeeze that in before we're done here. Uh, are you okay? Uh, where is the, there it is. <laughs> are you okay with outer space? Ooh, I love outer space. It's so scary and big and unknown. The possibilities are endless. It's the coolest thing in the universe. Cause we don't know what the heck it, you know, w- Everything we think we know about space is just a theory until we actually get up there. And I love that about space. Can you, you imagine, know, Ryan, sweet. if you went to space and you realized that all of those spaceships in space are actually made out of Lego? Oh, my goodness. Are you? I would come back right back to Earth and build a spaceship. Uh, I could build at least a spaceship big enough for all of us with the amount of Lego I have in my house. Yeah. 100%. Let's but that's go. it. What if that's, it. The, that's where the aliens visit us. It's actually the building block of all hum, human or all life in space is actually Lego. Wouldn't that be funny? We were like, I, I, I step on it. It hurts. <laughs> <laughs> it's a universal. Yes. All the aliens just, they knew that Denmark was on the right track. So they just, you know, they replicated right. it and they got it. They got it. That's where everyone thinks that the aliens built the pyramids. Nuh-uh. They, they built the, uh, the Lego. Anyway, that's way off track. Are you okay with outer space? Uh, the actor who played Scotty in Star Trek, remember Scotty? Um, James Doohan, Doohan, depends on how you say it. Um, he's from Vancouver, by the way. He passed away 15 years ago, 2005. Although, according to a new interview, it appears that death was not the end of his journey. In an interview with the Times, video game developer Richard Garriott revealed for the first time ever how he was able to smuggle Doohan's ashes onto the International Space Station, where he spent 12 days in orbit as the world's sixth ever space tourist. According to the Times, a 2007 attempt to send some of his at Duan's ashes into uh, Scotty's ashes into orbit on a suborbital rocket failed. That was when Scotty's son, uh, Chris, gave Garriott some of his father's ashes days before he was scheduled to embark on a $30 million mission to spend 12 days aboard the ISS. He went there through the Russian Soyuz capsule. Now you probably go on SpaceX or Tesla, whichever one. Uh, he printed three cards with Duan's photo on them, sprinkled ashes inside, then laminated them. Then he hid the cards within the flight data file, which was cleared for the flight. The cards were not. Uh, everything that was official goes on board is logged, inspected in bags. There's a process, but there was no time to put it through the process, he said. So according to Garriott, one of the cards is on display in Chris Duan's home, while another was sent floating out in space where it would have been inevitably burned up, re-entering into the atmosphere. Scotty was one of the best parts of the original Star Trek, and uh, Duhan absolutely brought him to life. No question, it's deliberate. Sabotage. Aye, and a thorough job. The system's foolproof. 
Whoever murdered Watkins sabotaged this. You said it was fused. How? Well, that's what worries me. Worries, Mr. Scott? Well, it's fused, all right, but it would take all the power of our main phaser banks to do it. Interesting. I find nothing interesting in the fact that we're about to blow up. No. But the method is fascinating. Whatever did this is still aboard this ship. I fail to understand why you canceled the security alert. A force that could hurl us 990.7 light years away, and at that distance still be able to sabotage our main source of energy, will not be waiting around to be taken into custody. Uh. As I recall the pattern of our fuel flow, there is an access tube leading to... A uh, pretty remarkable, and I haven't watched an old Star Trek in a long time, and I think the coolest part of that is when you hear it, it immediately takes you back there. I even go back there and I only watched the Star Trek movies when I was a kid. But fun fact, my grandpa went to high school with William Shatner. Really? Nice. They did not get along, apparently, at all. <laughs> <laughs> at all. If you check Twitter, he doesn't get along with many people in general. No. Um, 877-399-9898. You're welcome to dive in on this, too, with Are You Okay? Are You Okay? With inflatable costumes. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, like the T-Rex ones? Yeah, I, I like those, those ones. Things. They're hilarious. I actually, walking in Kensington the other day, went to go check out my apartment, and I saw someone walking door to door in a T-Rex costume, leaving candy canes on everybody's doorstep. I think it was, it's amazing. I love them. It was beautiful. Yeah, my son got one bef- like when they first came out. And uh, and he, it was, it was it's funny. There's nothing not funny about it. Absolutely. Are you okay with inflatable costumes? You know, um, the ones like you see them on TikTok, the videos, right? Um, and you've probably seen the brown T-Rexes running around. Well, um, one of those sort of kinds of inflatable costumes may be responsible for an outbreak of COVID-19 in California. Uh, Kaiser officials in San Jose announced Saturday that 43 emergency staff members at Kaiser Permanente, I say that right? in San Jose, tested positive for COVID-19 between December 27th and January 1st. Here's the clip. Kaiser Permanente confirms on Christmas Day an emergency department employee at its San Jose Medical Center came into the department briefly wearing an air-powered costume. Employees say it was an inflatable Christmas tree. Now 43 employees have tested positive for COVID, and the hospital is investigating to see if it's possible the air-powered costume may have made COVID easier to transmit. Kaiser says the employee did not have symptoms at the time and was only trying to lift spirits during a stressful time. In a statement, the senior vice president of the medical center, Irene Chavez, says we are investigating the outbreak and using contact tracing to personally notify and test any staff or patients who were exposed during this time based on CDC and public health guidelines. Kaiser says some of the healthcare workers infected had received their first dose of the COVID vaccine but they would not be expected to reach immunity when the exposure occurred. Which, by the way, the T-Rex is way cooler than the Christmas tree. Oh, I just feel so bad for that doctor. You know, I'm going to go into the hospital and spread some Christmas cheer. And then you literally had a fan in the back of the costume blowing COVID out of it. Yeah. Like that's blow, literally blowing COVID better, right? out its butt. That sucks. You should literally, literally blowing it out of its butt. I mean, you should know better. I mean, if it's a health job and there's a fan and there's the air and I mean, it blows <laughs> yeah, the air in, think. not out. 
technically, but I suppose it goes out somewhere. But that does suck for someone who's trying to create a good time for everybody, but makes everybody sick. It's the Shift Podcast. In case you missed it on the radio, here's Ryan. Sneakers. Donald. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> on the topic of sneakers, Catherine in Surrey texted saying, is it sneakers or runners for Ooh. word, right? And mm-hmm. here is my here is my opinion on that. A shoe you wear day to day, okay? Doesn't matter what brand, what type. It's just a shoe you wear for casual or just your everyday, go from point A to point A, point B. That's a sneaker. sneaker. A shoe you wear for running, specifically for running, is a runner. However, here's the tricky part. I have a pair of shoes that are dedicated running shoes, but I wear them as a sneaker. I wear them not for running. So if there, honestly, there is no right or wrong there but it is a confusing rabbit hole that uh, it, it's fun to go down. I will, I, I will say. Have you ever considered maybe just going and working out in them? Just cause you know, I'm not saying that you need oh, to but, just saying, Hey, maybe before the pandemic, I was an avid walker, not runner. I, you know, I like my comfort, you know, I pay top dollar for my shoes. I want to be comfortable in them, but uh, maybe yes, maybe I'll give my, high-tech Nikes are more of an actual go than walk to the bus station and across downtown Calgary. Honestly, I feel kind of guilty now. Thanks for that. You're welcome. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Well, oh. for the first time in 2021, why don't we take a trip to Twitter to see what's good? Tweet of the day. Ah, that music. I love it so much. So for my tweet of the day... We're going to have to highlight YouTuber slash Twitter star, Ali Spagnola. Uh, You may have seen her. She's trended quite a bit before because she gets very creative with music. In fact, yesterday she took a white claw can and composed an entire song on it. You, You know, just making different noises on the claw can. It's pretty funny. But she did one right before New Year's that I just absolutely had to talk about because the video is truly fantastic. So Allie, she decided to represent everything 2020. She played all of 2020's hit songs that you would have heard on the radio in a creative way. I have this device that lets you send a MIDI signal from anything conductive. So basically I can wire up, let's say, fruit, for example, and then turn this piece of fruit into a piano key that plays a note. Ah! That is cool. Let's make this little guy a different note now. (laughs) So now I could make a piano out of fruit, except it has not been a fruity year. So to play my mashup of all the 2020 hits for you, I would like my piano to be made out of a crap-like substance. Not actual crap, of course. Jeez, I'm an idiot, but I'm not an idiot. This could be extra gross. Ooh, and some texture. So I am a cooking channel now. I was thinking I would just mold them and then cook it, maybe, or not cook them at all, but uh, let's make some brownies. So, (laughs) yes, she made some very convincing brownies. The texture, she said there, was, was nuts, you know? She made the brownies look a lot like crap, and it's pretty funny. And so she hooked up these pressure sensitive uh wires to a bunch of different pieces of brownie that look like poop and she turned it into a musical instrument she shaped them and was able to play some catchy tunes so here's some examples (laughs) 
Yes! Ew, it leaves a fingerprint every time I touch it. That sounds like a fart. Oh, it's because they're touching. Stay separate, turds. All the bales of the box I just hit a lick with the box Had to put a stick in a box mm. Here's to the ones that we got Cheers to the wish you were here But you're not Cause the drinks bring back all the memories Whoa All cool. of it on fake pieces of poop What a great way to sum up 2020 uh, And then she started 2021 positively By cracking open a white claw and turning it into a musical instrument. Check out her Twitter page. It's full of just like stuff that'll make you smile. It's great. Um, My next story, this one is, this one honestly is for you, Shane. I saw this and went, oh, he's going to like this. And Uh, it might explain all that crunching that you hear in the background too. Yeah, yeah. The crunching, that's not me. Okay, we won't. It's just not. I have this bad habit. We're not eating food. I have this bad habit of um, I do my Rubik's Cube while I think, so it keeps me focused. And so you can hear me sometimes in the background crunching away on my Rubik's Cube, so uh, I apologize, but I'm doing it anyway. That's why you do it. Okay. Here. Nice. Satisfying. ASMR See? Rubik's Cube. Uh, so anyway, um, I'm going to mispronounce this name, so forgive me, but it's Ashok Amaritaraj's? Yikes. Mm, Hyde Park Entertainment Group. I know, right? And Endeavor Content. They are teaming up for a feature film based on the iconic toy known as The Rubik's Cube. Yes, as reported by Deadline, Hyde Park Entertainment is also partnering with a media company to create a game show based on The Rubik's Cube. Um, I don't know any details on what a film about a Rubik's Cube would be. Now, if it's a story of somebody mastering the Rubik's Cube and performing it at a world stage, that's pretty cool. But if they try to do the thing where the Rubik's Cube is like an animated character and it's like its day-to-day life of being trying to get solved and then finally getting solved, that would be probably emoji movie levels of bad. So here's hoping they make an interesting film. Don't ever watch that movie. It's horrible. Uh, But this is the interesting part. I wonder if, Shane, you might have seen this already, because in 2018, Netflix released a documentary on speed cubers, who are Mm. professional Rubik's Cube experts who compete for a championship in Boston. And here's the trailer for for this movie, which is the story of two friends, one of them who is autistic, and them kind of competing against each other while also being friends with Rubik's Cubes. It's really cool. So let's hear that clip. Thank you all for coming to the WCA World Championships 2019. Who do you think will win the World Championships today? Felix Zemdix. Felix Zemdix. Please welcome Felix Zemdix. Come on, Felix. Pretty much one of the greatest cubers of all time. I definitely see Max Park. Max Park. Max Park. He's dominating every event, and he's showing that a person with a disability can be just as good as anyone else. As a baby, as soon as we brought him home, I felt something was a little off. I want to get three seconds. Come on. As a child, Max was diagnosed with autism. We had a Rubik's Cube in the house, so he just wanted to solve. We didn't know that he was just going to rapid fire down this rabbit hole. From the United States of America, Max 
The first time I met Max was actually at the World Championships and he was very, very excited. After he broke the 3x3 three three world record, I was just like, oh, really well done, you should be really proud. Clearly, they're rivals, but they're friends. Ah, look who it is. Hey, Max. What for? Top three, right? Top three, that's all. In the world, Top right? Three. What do you want to sing, Max? Bohemian Rhapsody. That's so hard. Yeah. We'll see what Felix is made of. Dude, this is so huge. This is this is literally everything right now. Seems pretty wholesome, right? It's good. Do you know the world records, by the way? Do you have that queued up in your thing there? I don't have the world records. Kind of, I didn't honestly. I didn't want to te- uh, spoil it for myself because I was planning on watching this tomorrow. <laughs> so the um, well, but I, I could we'll spoil pull it. it up. Show me. Um, so there was me. a there's a new record in 2018 which beat the old record. The old record, I think, was Felix which was 4.22 seconds to solve a full Rubik's cube, solve a full Rubik's cube. The new record was 3.47 seconds, 3.47 seconds. I think that's why Felix says you hear him say that I want to get three seconds. Um, But there was uh, there is another world record about a world. uh, Excuse me. It was a couple years ago. No, excuse me. It was in August. Um, San Cavi Rathan, who broke a Guinness world record at age 11. She solved 30 Rubik's cubes one-handed while hula hooping the previous record had been 25 cubes she solved them left-handed and finished all 30 of them in about an hour that's absurd i've never even finished one rubik's cube in my entire life one-handed do you know how hard that is with one hand (laughs) what are these kids like uh, i don't what do they do in their free time i just built lego maybe that's it i can build a lego set in record time so there you go all right on the drugs they're on, yeah, maybe they're eating the brownies bit. that the lady in the YouTube menu. Made. Yeah, <laughs> with the texture. <laughs> um, now I want, I, I have to touch on this one. And Matt, I know you'll appreciate this one. The Office, my favorite TV show, has officially left Netflix in the United States. Ha <laughs> ha. Canada is safe for now. The Office moved to Peacock, which is NBC streaming service, which is not available in Canada. So we get to keep it on the Netflix platform. However, in celebration of The Office moving, Peacock released a never-before-seen cold open from The Office. Never seen before. A whole scene from this show. I've watched this show like 10 times, and it's the first new content I've seen in years. The clip features Dwight K. Schrute getting pranked in an ultimate way by Jim Halpert, who leads him to believe that he is in the Matrix. Hank? That is the name I allowed you to know me by while I watched over you. Waiting for the time to approach. That time has come. And now, you may know my real name. Dorpheus. Dorpheus? I'm Morpheus's brother. But the Matrix isn't real. It's a trilogy of flawless, life-changing films and an online game. The first Matrix movie was a program written by my team to prepare people for the truth. But then the machines countered with their own program to make it seem as if a peace was achieved. So, there is no peace? There is not. Oh, that is terrible news. Dwight, we need your help. I would like you to join my underground army and help us wage war for the freedom of all humankind. Hank is good on his feet. Right? I told you he'd nail it. 
If you take the blue pill, you will stay in the matrix. You will remember none of this. Life will go on as it is for you. If you take the red pill, I will open your eyes and you will see just how deep the rabbit hole goes. Not going to spoil what Dwight ends up doing. It's worth the watch. What's cool is this was the original cold open for the finale of the whole show, but it was scrapped when they decided they wanted to do something that tied in better. So they've been sitting on this since the show was finished and they finally released it. And uh, that was a really cool present to wake up to on New Year's Day. Let me tell you. There it is. In case you missed it with Ryan O'Donnell, I'm Dorpheus. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.